Hello and uh, welcome everyone again to Sunday Online and uh, it is good to gather like this. A few people have said to me this week that uh, it's a shame that church is cancelled and I've said church is not cancelled. We may not be able to meet in this building and hold a public service but actually you are church wherever you are right now whether you're in your kitchen or your living room at home you are church you are the people of God and so as we gather together even like this virtually we are God's people praying together worshiping together reading scripture together Uh, and so we're going to do that now and uh, I'd love to encourage you to read the words that are going to come up on the screen with me we're going to read Jesus' words from John chapter 16 starting at verse 22 So let's read these words together. Let's take a moment now to pray before we look at these words together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that although dispersed today, we are your people. Sitting in our homes around Reading and beyond, we are children of the living God. And we invite you, Spirit of God, to come and be with us wherever we are, that we would know your peace at this time. And that we would hear your words, Jesus, with a new sense of what these words mean for us, for this country, for your world today. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, what a week it has been. As I stand here now, I'm reminded that it was only seven days ago that some of us, many of us, were gathered here at Greyfriars. And yet so much has changed in such a short period of time. This week has been anything but normal and the very fabric of our society the things that we take for granted freedom of movement the fact that we can go to the shops and buy whatever we like consumerism individualism have all been deeply shaken and rocked holidays abroad have been cut short schools have been put on hold Workers have been asked to go and work from their homes and the elderly and the vulnerable have been strongly encouraged, urged to stay at home for their own safety and health. Not to mention the panic and the fear that has risen up across our country. We don't know what tomorrow will bring, never mind next week or in a month or two's time. It really feels like this is a shaking of the nation and the nations. And we are in unprecedented times. Not even during World War I and II did we face this situation. This church was open during the World Wars. People came in increasing number to pray and to seek the truth of God in Scripture during these times of challenge. 
and yet we are not permitted at the moment to physically gather together. Another reason why it is so good that we gather in this way online. And so in the midst of all of this, the question for you and for me is how are we to respond? Since the beginning of January, as a community at Greyfriars, we've been looking at these words of Jesus in John's Gospel. So we've been working through, and it is truly amazing that today of all days that we land on these words that we find in John 16 of Jesus's words to us for those who find themselves in time of trouble. We've been thinking over the the last couple of months about what it means to live an abundant life that Jesus calls us to. But you may be sat at home now and are thinking this restricted life, this life of self-isolation feels so far from a life of abundance or fullness that Jesus is talking about. But the abundance and fullness that Jesus spoke of is not the abundance and fullness that many in our culture, our nation, would think of. Jesus himself didn't have a home. He had very few belongings. And yet he lived the most content, fulfilled and abundant life that has ever been. And throughout his teaching, he tells us, not to worry. We read these words in Matthew's Gospel. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or what you will wear. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Now this refrain, this repetition of these words, do not worry, do not be afraid, appears over 365 times in scripture, exactly because God knows you and God knows me intimately. He knows that we worry. He knows that we do know fear. We can be afraid, particularly at times like this. He knows that many of us now are concerned about coronavirus. We are concerned about what is going to come tomorrow. What announcement will the government give in the the next few days about whether some of you may be thinking, will I even have enough food for this week? Where are we going to find our next roll of toilet paper? Are parents going to despair as we try and school our children at home? How are we going to get by? without anyone, without any interaction, it can feel like a very, very lonely and isolating time. Jesus knows. He knows what you are carrying in your hearts right now. And Jesus also tells us that life is not trouble-free. Being followers of Jesus does not exempt us Remove us from pain or trouble or conflict or poverty or disillusionment. 
Jesus says here in John chapter 16, in this world, you will have trouble. And Jesus is talking here to his disciples, his followers. He's telling them that in a little while, he will be gone. But then he will reappear. And they don't really understand what he's talking about. It all seems pretty cryptic. And then he goes on to talk about their grief turning to joy. In the same way that a a pregnant woman's love for her newborn baby far outweighs the pain of childbirth. So Jesus is saying that the disciples' joy will take over from the grief that they will experience. And Jesus is giving you and me a message of hope here. He's telling us that although he has been to the cross for us, to fulfil his mission to rescue us, His mission also includes resurrection, new life. I want to tell you today there is reason for hope in Jesus. Our God is a God of resurrection. He breathes new life into that which looks deathly and he turns grief into joy. There is a clear sense of grief in our nation at the moment. And in our world, there are some who are grieving the loss of loved ones. There are many who are grieving the loss of a lifestyle that they had only a few weeks ago. People are grieving the loss of free movement, being able to go wherever we want. Grieving those things which for months and years you and I have taken for granted, those things which we have consumed in excess. God will resurrect. This is what he does. Of this I have absolute confidence. But as we look through the scriptures, what we see is that that which is resurrected looks different from the way it was before. And that will be true of our nation, of our lives as individuals, and of us as a church. Even today, it looks different. But God will bring new life. Grieving will turn to joy So today, have hope in the resurrection power of Jesus. So as Jesus talks about this joy, the question is, how do we have joy? How do we find peace? Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. How do we find this peace at the moment? In amongst all the chaos, the questions and the uncertainty. I want to bring out two things from this passage. The first is this, pray. 
Today, the 22nd of March, is a national day of prayer. And there are thousands and thousands of believers around this country and further afield who are going to gather to pray to God Almighty. To pray to, in fact, the only one who can rescue us. To stop this virus. To be with those who are caring for the sick. To be with those who are grieving, who have lost loved ones already. To reach out and be with those who are living in fear and uncertainty at the moment. Prayer is our weapon against the enemy of fear. Against the enemy of worry, of panic, of pain, of sorrow. Because in prayer we are calling down the power of God, his majesty, his might and his glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus tells us here in John chapter 16 verse 23, My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Verse 26, he says, ask in my name. There is power in the name of Jesus. On May the 26th, 1940, our country faced what looked like clear defeat. The British army was trapped in Dunkirk and King George VI, the king at the time, called for a national day of prayer. And in a broadcast, a national broadcast, he instructed the whole nation to get on their knees, to repent, to seek God and to call out to him for the nation. Churches and chapels and cathedrals up and down this country in every village and town and city were packed with people who gathered together to call upon the name of Jesus. And two miracles followed immediately. Number one, a violent storm whipped up over Dunkirk that grounded the Luftwaffe that were causing huge amounts of destruction and death to the British forces. Secondly, a great calm descended over the channel. And in this unprecedented calm, hundreds of small vessels were permitted to cross the channel and to rescue hundreds of thousands of soldiers. Winston Churchill went on to call this the miracle of Dunkirk. Now is the time for the church to rise up. Now is the time for us to call upon the name of Jesus and pray. Pray for this country, pray for the world, pray for the sick, pray for the isolated, pray for the elderly. Pray that God would resurrect and breathe new life back into that which looks hopeless. This is my passport. Now, I believe this is going to change colour quite shortly. I haven't really much use for this at the moment, but I still have it. This passport allows me to enter in to a whole number of countries. And what Jesus is saying here in John's Gospel is that in a similar way, 
We read this in verse 26. He says, through Jesus, we are given direct access to the Father. Jesus says, I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. In other words, we can ask God directly, call out to him directly in the name of Jesus. And this is our first response at the moment, to pray. And I urge you, during this additional time that we all have at the moment, to pray. To pray for one another, to pray for the country, to pray that God would intervene. And we know that God hears our prayers. Jesus says in verse 27, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me, says Jesus, and believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. This is the good news. We need rescuing right now. The good news is that God sent Jesus to come and be among us, to go to the cross, to rise again, so that we could be brought back into relationship with our loving Father, who hears you today. Call out to him. Call on the name of Jesus. And we're also reminded that through the resurrection, Jesus has conquered death. Death has lost its sting. And those who believe in Jesus, who follow him, can have confidence in this sure and certain hope of an eternal life with Jesus. So pray. As well as praying, I want to encourage us today, even in the midst of the trouble we face, to take heart. This is the second point, take heart. You know, Jesus is not surprised that we face trouble. He was saying these words at a time when he himself was facing the cross. He knew what he was going towards. It was the most agonising and drawn out form of torture and death. And Jesus knows what you are facing today in your life. He knows your pain, he knows your worries, your concerns, your grief. He knows everything about you intimately. He loves you. And the wonder of the good news is that Jesus has come to be among us. This message of God with us. In fact, it also gave Jesus comfort. Have a look at verse 32. Jesus says, I am not alone for my Father is with me. And in the same way that Jesus drew comfort from the fact that God was with him, we too draw comfort from the fact that God is with us by his Spirit right now, wherever you are at home. And it's God's presence that leads Jesus to say, take heart. You know, being a follower of Jesus is about finding peace in the midst of chaos and trouble and turmoil that we are facing in our lives right now. Jesus here speaks of peace and trouble in one breath. And he says, take heart. 
These are in fact the same words that Jesus used when the disciples were out on Lake Galilee and a storm whipped up. We read about it in Matthew chapter 14. It's the middle of the night. There's a storm raging. The disciples are terrified and they see Jesus coming towards them. That scares them even more. And Jesus' response is this, take heart. It is I, Jesus, do not be afraid. So what does this take heart mean? What do these words mean? As I've been reflecting on this week, I think we've got to look inward first of all and work out what is in my heart? What is in your heart today? Our minds, what, what is going on up here in our heads? Some may say at this time, well, just dig deep. And I would want to say, well, where are we rooted at the moment? I've realised for me this week that I have got to stop looking at the news online and on the television at every moment of the day. It's a little bit like being on Lake Galilee, that the news at the moment, although it's important that we have a sense of what is going on and we need to hear what the instructions are, the guidance from the government, if we consume too much of it, it's just like waves that come washing over us and they start off at our ankles and then our knees and our hips and our shoulders and before we know it, certainly I have felt this this week, I, I can just end up feeling totally overwhelmed by what I am reading and hearing and seeing. We all have a choice at the moment about what is filling our hearts and our minds. You know, we can either look to this continual narrative of, of what is going on in our nation, of the panic, of the, the shopping, the, these images of, of shops with nothing on the shelves, of people rushing around in the streets and, and just desperation and, and panic and it's, it's a form of darkness. Or we can look to the light of Jesus. The light of the world. I want to encourage you and me this week, today, to do everything we can to let the light in. And by that I mean reading the promises of scripture. If you've never read the Bible before, then go to the, the website, our website, at the at-home section, we put some resources there. Daily reading plans, just let the light in. Use the app that's on that website to help guide you in your prayers. Pray to let the light in. Gather together in small groups, just keep meeting together online. Keep calling each other on the telephone, find ways to connect to each other. Keep letting the light of Jesus in. Jesus wants to say to you today, take heart. I have overcome the world. In the book of Hebrews, we read these words, Jesus came to earth so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. This hope of Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, this good news is not just for us. If we just hold on to it at the moment, then 
we're being selfish. We're not fulfilling what Jesus is calling us to do. And so Jesus tells us to take this message of life, of peace, of joy, of hope out into the world. And now is the time for the church to rise up with a confidence to take this good news to our neighbours, to our communities, wherever you live. There will be people who are isolated, people who are living in fear, just as you and I are, who need good news. They need hope. And so I want to encourage us not just to tell the good news, but to show the good news. To find ways of reaching out to those around us. To show the good news through asking if we can pray for our neighbours. To offer to do shopping for them. To offer to pick up medication for them. To to find all manner of different ways to help them, to garden. There will be a, a thousand ways that you and I can offer small acts of kindness that will demonstrate the good news of Jesus. That gives us a way to share the words, the life-giving words, that Jesus died for them, Jesus has risen again for them, and that there is hope in him that grief can turn to joy and that a rescue plan began 2,000 years ago and is still taking place today through the power and the love of Jesus in and through you and me. I want to finish today just by saying that the victory of Jesus far, far, far outweighs coronavirus. The victory of Jesus far outweighs any battle that you are facing in your life at the moment. The power of God is mightier, more majestic than any of our fears or concerns. And so at this time, for all of us, me included, the temptation is to look down at all that is going on around us. But I want us to look up. I encourage you this week to look up, to pray and to take heart because Jesus has overcome. And so let's take a moment now. We're just going to shut our eyes together and I'm going to lead us in a prayer as we seek him, pray to him, allow him by his spirit to come and minister to us where we are. So let's pray now together. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We know that you don't judge us because we're fearful. You love us in spite of our fear, Lord, knowing that we are human, we are frail, but you are mighty and powerful. And Lord, we want to come before you today and say sorry. Lord, we want to say sorry on behalf of our nation, on behalf of the world, Lord. We want to say sorry on behalf of ourselves as individuals for the ways in which we have turned away from you. We've gone our own way, Lord. We thought we were in control. And through this shaking... 
we realise we are not in control. But we declare together today that you are. And so we pray sorry, Lord, that we've walked away from you and we come back to you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you that Jesus came to this earth, that he went to the cross, that he rose again for each one of us. However we may view ourselves, whatever we've done in our lives, that your arms, Lord, are wide open for each one of us. Thank you, Jesus, that you have overcome. Thank you that today you offer peace by your spirit and comfort and joy. I just pray that over each person who's watching this now. The peace of God fill you now in the name of Jesus. The comfort of the Lord surround you bring you stillness before him. And we ask that in this time of the shaking of the nations, that you would give us boldness, Lord. Spirit of God, rest upon us, your people, that we would reach out, Lord, that we would be the good news to our next-door neighbours, to those in our communities. That we wouldn't have a spirit of timidity, but that, Lord, you would providentially empower us through making phone calls, putting postcards through doors, through meeting online. Be your hands and feet. Lord, help us to take heart. And we pray, Jesus, that ultimately you would show your resurrection power, that we all together would declare that you have and you are and you will overcome the world because of your sovereign grace and power at work in this world. So come, Lord Jesus. Speak to us. Minister to us. And send us out, we pray. In the name of Jesus. The powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we're now going to return to worship and so, uh, again, however you feel comfortable, whether you want to stay seated or if you want to stand, let's join together as we lift our eyes to the Lord and we sing out these words with that confidence and assurance of the power of Jesus with each one of us. Let's worship.